You guys look good this morning. You know, it's crazy. It, 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 I don't know how it feels different out there, doesn't it? Does it feel different? When I was out there with you, with where you guys are sitting, it just felt like it was forever away out there. You guys are all spread out to the farthest reaches of the earth. What's up, back row? How you doing? Look at you guys representing the back row. What's up, front row? Woohoo! That's what I'm talking about. He is risen. See, some of y'all have done that before, right? It's this weird thing we do in the church. He is risen. He is risen indeed. That's your response to that. That's what today is about. So if someone says to you today, He is risen, we respond by saying what? He is risen indeed. That's right. That's a proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we are all about. That's what we are all about if we are followers after Him. So if I say He is risen, you would say... That's right, but you're going to be a little more excited about it because it's something called resurrection. It's something called new life. So if someone says, He is risen, you say? That's right, that's right. Some of you guys are getting eager. I mean that. Today is Easter Sunday. You know, we have an ability to make it about everything that it's not, don't we? We make it about, but, I mean, God bless the Easter Bunny. You know what I'm saying? A big six-foot scary thing with floppy ears, although I saw Miss Ella had a little bunny thing that was kind of cute this morning. We make it about everything else. Egg hunt. Somebody said they were egg hunting this morning in sunrise, right? Praise God for egg hunts. Make it about something else. It's about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Right? If this gets too much, you tell me this. You were good? All right. So I don't want us to forget today on Easter Sunday, the holiest day in the Christian calendar. It's the holiest day in the Christian calendar. A lot of us think Christmas is the holiest day in the Christian calendar. It's the first miracle that God would condescend and come and live among us in flesh. But there's something about the resurrection that surpasses all understanding. Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you, does, do you fully understand what's happened today? You know, I'm amazed if you look at, at, the, uh, at, at scholars and, I mean, how long has it been? 2,000 years people have been talking about the resurrection. Do you have a hard time with that at all? People are still debating today. What does it mean that he was raised from the dead? What does it mean that Jesus lives, that he's alive today? What is that? Is that metaphorical? What does that mean? Do you find that hard to believe at all? You know, I have a lot of friends that find it hard to believe in Jesus. I mean, I have friends that have a hard time believing in Jesus, the historical man, Jesus. Jesus is very well documented, and they can't even believe that, right? So we talk about following Jesus, and they're like, okay, yeah, I know he's a teacher, right? And he was a, he, he's a really smart guy, I understand that. So no, he's more than that. It's more than that. The resurrected Lord, Jesus Christ. It's a big deal. It's a whole nother thing. You know, one thing I want to say while the wind blows this morning, a couple of things. This tree is the most beautiful creation of God because it's just sprinkling you all. I don't know if you guys have been, I was out there worshiping those little white things were going by. Praise God. You just feel that this morning? And the wind that's blowing, that you're probably right now, I see some of you got blankets, you're just going, oh Lord, I've been saying that prayer this morning. If the wind would stop. You know, we follow the God of all creation. And if he willed it, it would just stop. But you know what the Bible says? The wind blows where it will. 
That's the way the Lord moves. And today our prayer, as we gather and open His Word together, is that the Lord would move today in our lives as He wills, not as we desire. Not, not for comfort and not for safety, but in that, that uncontrollable way that the Spirit of God blows. So let's celebrate the wind today together. I want to tell you a, a story. If, you, if you're here this morning and you, you find it hard to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if maybe you find it hard to believe in Jesus at all this morning, I want to say that I've been where you are. I'll tell you a quick story. I was sitting at a traffic light. It's been many years ago now. I was sitting there as a non-believer and, and I was across the street. There was this church and there was this car parked in the parking lot. And I remember that single solitary car sitting in that parking lot. I knew somebody belonged to that car. I knew someone had drove it there and parked it there. Carry on. Yeah. And I kept thinking, oh, it must be so easy to believe. Oh, how easy life would be if I could only believe. And you know, I sat there at that traffic light. I think that was a stoplight that God had put in my life for this, that moment. To sit there and have the audacity to say, Oh, life would be so easy if I could be, I could be a believer. You know, the truth of the matter was, I couldn't. I was incapable of belief. Wasn't possible. Wasn't my choice. Wasn't within my grasp. I could not have made the decision at that moment that stoplight to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Couldn't have done it. Not possible. I couldn't believe. And if you're here today and you don't believe in Jesus Christ, praise God. Because I want to tell you something. If you're here, God is working with you, drawing you towards belief in His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you were, if you were, if you were here this morning, that means God has you on a journey following after Him. And God does His work among us. Praise His name. If you've never struggled as a believer in Jesus, I'm not sure where you're from. You know? Because there's something that we continue to wrestle with our faith in Him even after we believe. He continues to teach us. He's a God that's bigger than we are. We can't explain Him fully. We keep trying little bits and pieces. That's why we meet every week. <laughs> we keep trying to explain how great our God is. It's a difficult thing. I want to invite you... Other than this morning, over the next few weeks, we're going to have people coming and sharing their testimony with you. And that's a weird church word, testimony. It just means their story of how God has moved in their lives. How God is continuing to move in their lives. Over the next few weeks, we're going to have people sharing that with you. And kind of bringing you a good, the good news of how God is moving and living and breathing among us. May His name be praised forever. Let's open with prayer as we open the Word today. Father God, we thank You for this holy day, this great day, when Your triumph over death was proclaimed to the world. Today, Father God, we pray that our hearts would be open to the truth of Your Word and that by Your will, Father, You would bring those to Yourself whom You've called. You are a mighty God, an awesome God, and all we do is parrot back the truth of the Gospel as we've received it. That he died for our sins and he was raised to new life. May the name of Jesus be praised forever and ever. Amen. So we're going to read this story. If you've got your Bibles with you, um, uh, it's 24, uh, 24th chapter of Luke. We're going to study today a little bit. And it's a story you've probably all heard before. If you don't have a Bible, you're going to have to come down here and get one. <laughs> you can do that if you want to. You can look off a neighbor as well. Uh, it's good to have one of these of your own, by the way, if you don't have one. I'll, we'll help you get one. 
says this, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their great fright, the women bowed down their faces to the ground. But the men said, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you when he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? At that point, they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. And bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering what had happened. That's quite a, quite a story to record in a Bible when you're trying to convince people that Jesus is Messiah. That Jesus is the anointed. That Jesus is the chosen one. And yet we find here the story recorded of these first to discover the truth. These women who went to the tomb to mourn, to lament, bringing spices for the body. And in this moment they get to the tomb and it's empty. He's gone. And they're told that he is risen. And I can't, you know, we talked last year about breathless, about how these women ran back and shared the good news. And I love the fact that those who had been walking with Jesus for three years, that those who had been hearing the story repeatedly from him, sat there, looked at these women who brought the best news that we still have to proclaim 2,000 years later, and they looked at them and said, Nah. I find that hard to believe, ladies. The only story we have of any of them responding in a positive light is Peter. Peter is the only one who responds in a positive way. And what does he do? He gets up. He runs to the tomb. And by the way, I love this. The word there is this running like the flowing of hair. He's like a colt. He's like a Mustang. You know what I mean? He is racing to the tomb. And he gets there and he puts his face down and he looks around and he can't figure it out. And he just, you can almost sense it, he just kind of shrugs and walks away says he wondered to himself. If you don't fully understand the resurrection, take comfort today. Because those who would soon die for the message didn't understand it either at that moment. They didn't have the ability to understand what had transpired before their very eyes. 2,000 years later, we're still trying to unpack the complexities of what God did through Jesus Christ, the anointed, the Messiah, Yahweh, the creator from the beginning of all time, who came in the form of a baby, was born, lived a perfect life, three years in ministry, and paid on the cross, saying the words, it is finished. And after three days in the tomb, God fulfilled his promise to the world to redeem it 
we find this, uh, we find ourselves here then today. And maybe you're like the apostles and you doubt everything. Oh, I don't believe any of it. Oh, Christians, praise God. Praise God. And maybe you're like Peter and you're looking and you're trying. Oh, Lord, I want to believe, but I can't. Praise God. Praise God, because you're on the journey with Him. We're going to talk today about some big truths, about some things that, that are non-negotiable and that was a really hard teachings. And I want us to struggle with these together. And I want you to be a little uncomfortable when you have to tell friends about Jesus, the anointed one who was raised from the dead today. One of the things we want to talk about this morning is the exclusivity of Jesus. You know, Jesus makes a crazy comment in the book of John. In the Gospel of John, he says this. He says, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, that's a pretty ridiculous thing to say, Jesus. No one comes. Well, I thought, we'll look into the Greek a little bit and see what it says. You know what it says? Not one. Nothing. Nobody. There is no salvation apart from Jesus Christ. This is a pretty hard thing to communicate when everybody wants to be okay, isn't it? The exclusivity of Jesus is proclaimed by, by himself with his own lips. But there's more. You see, what's funny is in the Gospel of John, in the 14th chapter, when he responds, you know who he's talking to? He's talking to Peter. Peter! He says, Peter, no one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. This is the Peter who later shrugs. I don't get it. This is the Peter that says, Lord, I will go to death with you first. And then runs away when his Savior dies alone. This is Peter that Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Thomas is asking the question there. Thomas is the one who is going to be denying the very resurrection of Jesus later. Thomas, after the resurrection, after all of the apostles have been convinced, comes into the room and he says, I know you guys believe it, but you guys saw him. I, want to, I won't believe until I can see myself. He didn't even say that. He says, until I can put my hand in his side and my finger in his hands. And you know, even in that moment, Jesus shows grace to him. I'm always amazed we talk about doubting Thomas, but you know, it's just another example of the grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus always responds gracefully, even to those of us who doubt. As a matter of fact, when he shows up, he says, uh, Thomas, put your hand here and put your fingers here. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus is the only way to a relationship with God the Father. God the Father being God the Creator. Yahweh, the great I Am. The other, another thing we claim as Christians that is the absolute gospel truth and we cannot get around is the deity of Jesus Christ. And I'm amazed at how many people kind of, you know, don't want to talk about that too much. Jesus is God. There's no way around it. The resurrection day proclaims something about the deity of Jesus that is unbelievable. You know, there's two things in life that are guaranteed, right? In the United States, we say they're what? Death and taxes. <laughs> no one has overcome death. It's not possible. And yet in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, His deity is proclaimed. 
The truth that those, that those who are beyond life and death, that those who are beyond the beginning and the end, are still able to triumph. And Jesus does. He's raised from the dead. In John chapter 8, verses, uh, in between verse 21 and 30, Jesus says, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, you will know that I am who I claim to be. He is talking to the Jews who are following after Yahweh. And they say, Who are you? Who can you be? Who do you think you are? And he says, When the Son of Man is raised high, right? You will know. I am who I have claimed to be. As a matter of fact, what he actually says there is, you'll know in that moment that I am He. I am. As in the great I am. The deity of Jesus Christ is proclaimed by Himself. It's proclaimed in the cross. And it's proclaimed in the resurrection. As a matter of fact, there's another story that we've all heard before. It's a story of the healing of the paralytic. And you know what's really interesting about it? This, this is a guy who hasn't been able to walk. And his friends bring him to Jesus is coming back to his hometown. And when they show up, all three Gospels record this healing because it's such a monumental event. They, they bring this guy before Jesus. And you know what Jesus says to this guy who can't walk, who's totally, he's disabled, he's unable to do anything for himself. You know what Jesus says? Son, your sins are forgiven. He forgives his sins. And this is a crazy thing. And, and those who are Jewish there know it. And you know what they say? They start to talk amongst themselves. Who is this guy? That he thinks he can forgive sins. He's a Jew. Doesn't he know? No one forgives sins. No one can forgive sins. But God himself. That's what they say. Only God can forgive sins. There is no other. And Jesus responds by saying this that you might know that I have the power to forgive sins and he turns to the man who cannot walk and he says get up take your mat and go home in every one of Jesus' miracles he proclaims his deity in every one from the, from the virgin birth from the wise men coming from far. His whole life is a proclamation of the truth of who he is. And yet, we can't see it. We can't believe it. Jesus is God? Really? Jesus is God's son. Jesus is the firstborn. Jesus is God. And in his triumph over the grave. And in his ascension into heaven to be with the Father. His deity is forever sealed. It's the truth of the message we proclaim, brothers and sisters. It's a big deal. It's what Easter is all about. So first we have the exclusivity of Jesus. There is no way, if you have any friends who want any hope of salvation in the world, you have nothing to give them, nothing to offer them, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. How else have you been saved? If you can explain to me some other way you've been saved, I'd love to hear it. I know no other. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus is God. It's a hard thing, but it's the absolute gospel truth proclaimed throughout the scriptures, proclaimed through fulfillment of them. And the last thing is this. It's the necessity of Jesus. You know, I think we sin often because we think that certain people don't need Jesus. 
You know what I mean? We're going to go later today and we're going to hang out with family and friends and we're going to be out and, and visiting and, and just seeing people in the world and we're going to look at people and by our eyes we're going to go, they got it all figured out. They got it. You know? Everyone needs Jesus. Every single one. You know he says that no one comes to the Father but through Him. If you want peace with God, you've got to go through Christ alone. And that means that for everyone, Jesus is necessary. He's a requirement. Today's Gospel reading from the book of Luke says this in verse 7. The Son of Man must be delivered, He says. He must be crucified. And on the third day, He must be raised. Jesus was absolutely necessary for the fulfillment of God's promises. The redemption of all creation. You remember how it started? He created it and said it was good. And then we have been sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning ever since. And so Jesus says, don't you remember? The angels proclaimed to Mary. Don't you remember what he said? The Son of Man must be handed over to sinful men. The Son of Man must be crucified. And on the third day, He must be raised again. It's the great story. The great confession. You know, there's, a, there's this idea that's, that's taught throughout Scripture. And it's this. That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow and every tongue will give testimony. You know, Paul teaches this in the book of, of Romans where he says, in the last time, we will all be accountable before God. Every single person. I've got friends who say to me, you know what, he's your God. You believe in him. You know what, it's your hell. You go to it. Here's the problem. There will come a day when every single knee will bow and every tongue will give an account for what it has said. Every one of us will. That's what Paul says in Romans. You know, in Philippians, Paul says this. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you are not bowing your knee and confessing with your tongue today that Jesus is Lord, there will come a day that you will. And you might sit there today and go, not me, not me. I will never believe it. You may never believe it, but you will know it as fact. And when you know it as fact, it'll be far too late. Far too late. There's a coming judgment. Jesus is necessary for every man to be saved. It's actually from the book of Isaiah. I just want to read it. The book of Isaiah, chapter 45. Verse 22. This is the word in the First Testament. This is the word about Jesus. Listen to what it says. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, because I am God and there's no other God. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will never be revoked. Before me every knee will bow, and before me every tongue will swear, and before me they will say, In the Lord alone are righteousness and strength found. All who have raged against him will come to him and will be put to shame. But in the Lord, every descendant of Israel will be found righteous and exalt his holy name. There will come a day we will all give an account before him. Jesus is exclusive. 
Jesus is God and Jesus is absolutely necessary. Let us not forget what Easter is about. You know, sometimes we say it's hard to believe, don't we? Boy, it's just hard to believe he was raised from the dead. It's hard to believe he's fully God and fully man. It's hard to believe that I have to confess it or I'll be eternally punished. You know, it's a funny thing. But before Jesus, I told you, I couldn't believe it. Before the hope I found in Him, I couldn't believe it. And you know what I think now? As I live in His creation, even the wind blowing this morning and the cold and the numbness of the fingers, you know what I'm saying? I mean, are you cold yet? You know what I find? I find it's hard to believe that there's nothing else. I find it really hard to believe that in all of this, in all of creation, in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, in the trees, in the spring, and in the fall, in the ants, and in the birds. Did you see the birds this morning? And in water, and in life, and in breath, and in relationships, and in love. I find it so hard to believe that this is all there is. Oh, it's just a big cosmic mistake. I find that hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that I can stand. If there's more than this, if there's more, if there's, if there's a creator God, I find it hard to believe that I can stand before that God all on my own. I don't know about you, and I've said this before. I've got friends who say it. I'll stand up. I'll say, hey, I did the best I could. What? I find that hard to believe. If you look at the world, if you look at the stars, if you look at creation, if you look at everything that's been given to us as a gift for your care this day, for your care, I find it hard to believe I can stand before His throne all self-righteous in that moment. You see, now I find that hard to believe. And I find it hard to believe that when I stand there, I will find mercy when I've rejected his salvation. You know, a lot of people, when I'm talking, they'll say, well, well, what about, well, well, what about people in Africa, in the middle of the jungle, who never have heard the Christian? Well, what, what about, um, you know, the, well, it's always somebody else, and that's not the problem, isn't it? The problem is you. Have you heard the gospel presented? And have you rejected it? If you've heard it and you've rejected it, I find it hard to believe you can stand there before the, mer- before the merciful God, the great throne, the great I Am, and you can say, yeah, you know, I got the whole Jesus thing and, and, and I, know, I know that the, the witnesses said He was raised from the dead and, and I know a lot of people saw Him and, and I know that people testified to the truth that He exists, that he, that he was real in their lives, that He had saved them from everything and their sin and every. I just, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I find it hard to believe there'd be a lot of comfort that day. When we reject Jesus, we're rejecting God. You see, here's the truth. Just like Mary and those women who went to the tomb, every person who knows Jesus came the same way. They went to the tomb expecting to find one thing. Death loss, grief, hopelessness, the end of the road. Maybe they they went to the place where Jesus was to find falsehood, lies. But you know what they found? They found good news. 
They found God. They found the resurrected Lord. And you know what? Family Bible Church and Christians all over the planet, all we're doing is coming back from that place of despair and hopelessness and proclaiming the truth that there we found God. That's all we're doing is running back, turning around and coming back and proclaiming again that we have seen Him with our eyes. We have touched Him. We know Him. He has saved us. That's our proclamation to you today. Jesus saved us. So now we go into the world to tell others. You see, here is the gospel. Those of us who believe these hard things must always remember that even the faith itself is a gift from God. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, It is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And that faith is not your own, but it's a gift from God. The truth is, we couldn't believe were it not for Jesus. All of us standing here today are the former unbelieving disciples, the former doubting Thomases, who by God's grace and God's mercy alone, nothing else, no other truth, but by Jesus Christ have we been saved. May His name be praised. Let's pray together. Father God, today, we're here. And you know, some of us are here with broken hearts, and some of us are here with full hearts, and some of us are here with eager hearts, and some of us are here with reluctant hearts. But Father, we're all here, and we're all seeking you today. We give you praise and glory because you do your great work as you see fit. We thank you for the work you've done in our lives. We proclaim your great good news. Father, today, if you are calling us to repent, if you're calling us, I pray that we'd be alive to that word. That we would hear it. That we receive it. And that we'd run down the road with great joy and thanksgiving, proclaiming the truth that you have saved us. You have saved us. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the truth of the gospel testimony. We thank you for the resurrection from the dead. We thank you for the coming life, the eternal life that we will have with you. And from now to forevermore, by your grace and mercy, we'll proclaim with the saints, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus saved me too. Amen. The song isn't on your bulletin, but probably most of you know it. Amazing.